Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a big hand clap. Yeah, he's worthy. He is worthy to be praised. Man, I'm excited to be here. It's cold. Pastor Steve walking around in a short sleeve shirt like it's summertime. It's cold here. Glory to God. Man, let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning and we lay everything at your feet. Father, you have a word for this house. You have a word for people within the house. And Father, we just submit ourselves to you today. Father, we know this morning that we don't need to hear from a man. We need to hear from heaven. And Father, there are some things today that are hanging in the balance of some lives. And Father, I thank you this morning that you're bringing a shift. Come on, everybody, just say shift. Come on, say shift. Father, we thank you this morning, God, that we are your people and you're our God. That's not a light thing. That's not a thing, Father, that we, we look at and we just pass it by. But today we embrace it. You're our God, the creator of the universe, the healer of the nations. Hallelujah. The one who gives us hope where there's been no hope in our lives. The director of our path. The the greatest dreamer of all dreams you are, Lord. You're dreaming about us today. You have thoughts about us, plans for us. Father, this morning I thank you, God, that you're going to release some of the mysteries of your kingdom concerning who we are. Father, when we leave this place, we'll not leave the same. But God, not only will we leave change, we'll leave on mission. We'll leave, Lord, with purpose leading the way and destiny being the fuel that drives us into that purpose, oh Lord. This morning, Father, we just thank you that we have ears to hear what you're saying to the church. So speak, Holy Spirit, and bring us into alignment with the Father's heart in a greater way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn around and tell someone this morning, God's got a word for you. Amen. Every time I come here, man, I just, God messes with me. I try to be like Pastor Steve. You know, when I first came, it was in your other building over there on the the other place. What street was that? Northwest Expressway. And I went to the restroom, and I came out of the restroom, and I saw this wall that had all these pictures on it of series that he had done. This is Mr. Series, I think. And I think, I wish I could do that. But I can't. Because when I come into a place, God just messes with me. And I had a beautiful message for you this morning, and I just thought it was going to be awesome. And, you know, I thought, man, a series might even come out of this. But God messes with me, and I'm okay with it. I have a word for you, though. I have a prophetic word for the house. And it's not going to be just normal preaching this morning, but God's going God's to stir and launch some things. Do you believe that? One of the things that God spoke to my heart as we sat here during worship was that this church, Steve, is in transition. God's transitioning you. And it's not 
It's not into a different place. It's into a different season. You're in the changing of seasons in this house. And this season that you're getting ready to come in, it may be winter in the natural, but this is going to be a season of harvest for this place like never before. And God gave me the word out of Luke chapter 5. I want you to turn there real quick. Luke chapter 5. Another thing he says here that you've never been this way before. And that he's mantling this house with a pioneering spirit. And what came to my mind was Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark made ways where there was no way, am I right? They were not afraid of places that they'd never been before. They did not even love their own life to the point that they were willing to go into very hostile territory to make ways, and not only just to go somewhere, but this is what they were doing, Steve. They were mapping the way for others to follow. And the Lord says that's what's going to happen in this house today, that God is birthing you into a new place, a pioneering spirit, to where you're going to begin to map out ways that no one else has been before in the body of Christ, especially within the IPHC, that's going to allow others to come there easily. Does that make sense? What that is, and let me just explain what that is, that is an apostolic anointing. That's not just a pastoral anointing. God is transitioning this house. Now, not that the pastoral anointing will be absent, and I'll explain that to you in just a second. It will be here even in greater force because the more that you gather and even the more that you sin, the more of the pastoral anointing that you're going to need in the house. But the apostolic anointing is a pioneering anointing. How many know the Bible says that God gave us five gifts in the body, right? He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? We need all of those. The scripture says in Ephesians, he gave us those gifts. It says, until we all come into the unity of the faith. Are we in the unity of the faith yet? No, we're not. We're headed that way very swiftly. I believe that. And it also says, to equip the saints to do the works of the ministry. See, the fivefold ministry gift is to equip you, the saints, to go and do what Jesus did. I got a faint amen out of the back, Steve. Hallelujah. Now, that's all right. I'm a, you can tell I'm not originally from Hawaii, right? <clears throat> My accent goes way back into the deep woods of Mississippi, so... If you shout at me a little bit while I preach, it won't make me nervous. Amen. God is bringing upon you because the times that we live in will not be able to be sustained and promoted into what God wants us to do with the old. God is bringing us into a new place. God is birthing a pioneering spirit out of you. Some of you here, even in this room today, you're wanting to go places in God. You you can taste it. You know that there's a place in God that you haven't been yet and you want to get there, but you don't know how to get there. God's getting ready to, to show you the map. He's getting ready to lay it out for you for you to get there. And he says here in Luke, just let me go ahead and read it. It says in verse 36, And he also is telling them a parable. He says, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. Y'all get that? 
You don't take a piece of new garment and sew it on an old garment. Verse 37, where I want to get at. And no one puts new wine. Everybody say new wine. New wine. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst, will burst the skin, and it will be spilled out, and the skin will be ruined. The new wine must be put into fresh or new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for new. For he says that the old is good enough. Now, here the Scripture is telling us that God desires to take new wine. We know that anytime we see new wine or, or in, in the Scripture, it's referring to the Holy Spirit, the moving of God the presence of God, God wants to, wants to take a new move, a, a fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit in our lives. He wants to do new things. This word new here is actually different from the new word fresh or the word new when it talks about wineskin, and I am absolutely no good at pronouncing Greek words. He has a redneck tongue trying to pronounce Greek words. It doesn't come out. It is quite comical at times. But I want to give you the definition of these two different words, new, or the word fresh. The first word new, when it talks about new wine, it means new in taste, texture, and effect. It means a new way. It is the same but. So when it talks about new wine, it's, a, it's really the old wine with a new effect, a new taste, and a new texture in our life. When it talks about the fresh wine skin or the new wine skin, that word new there, it means new in every way. New in every way. To be refreshed and to be renewed. So here's what God's saying to us this morning. He wants to take His Holy Spirit, which I mean, know God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And he wants to put something new in you. It's the old, but it's new. It's the old, but it's, it's the same, but it's something very new. But what has to do the changing? The wineskin does. You and I have to change. We're the wineskin. God wants to pour into us something we've never tasted, something we've never felt, something we've never experienced before. And I want you, I just want to throw this in here. We'll put a comma and put this in here right quick. Everything that God gives you is always for someone else. Amen? The church has become so self-centered that we think all of this is about us. Oh, it's not about us. Steve, I read a survey one time that said there was that, that 85% of people that, that were surveyed, they answered this question this way. Here's the question. The question was, why does the church exist? 85% of them, Steve said, to meet my needs. That is so wrong. That is so unbiblical. Why? Because this is not a hospital. This is a launching pad. Amen. This is equipping ground. This is not a place, oh, we do get healing. We do get deliverance. We do get into places to where God, God works things within us and helps us through our problems. But God's greater intent is to launch you into your destiny, to give you your identity, to go and take what he's put in you and give it to somebody else so that they can know him just like you know him. Amen? Amen. 
So God's bringing us to a place today that if we want the new wine, we've got to be willing to change the wine skin because he can't pour what he's wanting to do new in us into our old patterns, into our old ways. He wants to give us new ways. Amen? See, I just believe God is so big. There's so much we've never encountered with God that he wants to give us that we've never experienced it. I'm believing God for a generation to rise up that is full of signs and wonders and miracles. We don't just talk about church. We become the church. Amen. We don't just talk about stories of old and we heard about these great ten evangelists or great mighty men of God that raised the dead. It becomes very common in your life. The signs, of wonders, the miracles, the raising of the dead in your life. Amen. So what God, what I feel like Holy Spirit is saying to this house today is He wants to give you new wine. He wants you to experience Him in taste and in texture and in effect like you've never experienced Him before. But in order to do that, we've got to shift. We've got to move. We've got to transition. We've got to become. We've got to see further than we've ever seen before. We've got to be willing to go further than we've ever gone before. You know what that means? That means that God messes with our comfort zone. <clears throat> Amen. God gets all up in our business and messes with our comfort. See, he never promised us we'd be comfortable following him. But he did promise us we'd be successful. We'd live out our purpose. We'd live out our destiny when we follow him. Here's a couple other things that God spoke to my heart this morning during worship about this house. That Steve, this is a birthing place. Everybody say birthing place. A birthing place is, it sounds nice, oh, new life, a little baby, oh, wow, new things, wow, isn't it beautiful, thank God, wow, new stuff. But a birthing place is a very bloody place. A, buddy, blood, a birthing place is a place to where initially there's a lot of pain and discomfort. But whenever that baby comes, when that new thing is birthed, there will be a joy that fills the air. There will be an excitement that fills the air. So I hear Holy Spirit saying today, be willing to go through the pain. Be willing to go through the bloody places so that you can hold in your arms the things that God has promised to give you. See, when God gives you a prophetic word and he speaks over your life, it's not just to say encourage you or to help you get to the next day or through the next week or, you know, maybe to give you some hope for something way down the road in the future that in your heart you think may never, ever really come. That prophetic word is God. What, this is what a prophetic word really is. It's God going into your future, having a dream, and coming back and telling you how to get there. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. That means God's been dreaming about you. Amen. There's a scripture, parents, you need to know this. There's a scripture in Proverbs 22 and 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. A, a, a better translation I read of this, it says, train up a child in the way that he is bent. And when he is old, he will walk in it. Each one of us have a bending within our life. Each one of us have a purpose and a destiny within our life that God wants to bring us into. And we shouldn't go through life just haphazardly trying to figure life out. Amen? God has a purpose that you were birthed for something very specific in the earth. Do you believe that this morning? 
And God has already had dreams about you walking that out. He's already had dreams. He already made a way for you to get from point A to point B all the way to Z to when you stand before him, you'll be able to say, well done, my good and my faithful servant. There's a mantling that is coming upon this house. Jesus was telling those that he was giving this parable to in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke, he was telling them, I didn't come to fix your old religion. I didn't come to put a patch on your old religion. I've come to give you something totally new, something fresh, something that's been promised from the Father. Mm. And, and he, did, he, to, he told them, he said, he even prophesied to them that the temple was going to be destroyed, right? Now, when you tell a Jewish man that, every, that the center of his life is getting ready to be destroyed, it's not going to exist anymore, not one stone will be left on top of another, it'll be plowed under, plowed over, and it won't even look like the same place, that'll wreck your life. And God is telling us today, he wants to do something that dramatic in our life. We, to experience Him in a, such a way that the old ways, the old patterns in our life that were just used as a map to get us where we are today, they don't affect us from going into our future. And see, the old is good because the same wine He wants to pour in us is the same wine He poured in our fathers, in our grandfathers, in our great-grandfathers. To get them where they are today and to, to get us to where we are today. But we have to start living for the next generation. We have to start living for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and building in such a way that when they arrive on the scene that they have such a foundation and a stability within them that it is normal for them to move in signs and wonders and miracles. It's normal for them to see nations saved in a day. There's an outpouring coming. There's got to be a changing of mindsets. The way that we think. I love the word repentance. Repentance is not always easy. Confession's pretty easy. We can confess what we've done, but to repent literally means to change the way you think about something. So repentance is not always that easy because sometimes even though we confess it, we still think the same way. So we need to begin to repent of our traditions of men that have caused the Word of God not to work in our life. We need to begin to change the way that we think, change our mindsets, change our thought patterns. And here's what I'm hearing Holy Spirit saying too, where He's going to begin to show us patterns of how to change the way we do church. This is a pretty radical church here. I, I like this place. You guys are really what I would call progressive. You are ahead of the game. But even with that, God is going to challenge us in how we do church. See, church is not a Sunday morning gathering. Church is you. If you're born again, you're the church. You're part of the church. Amen? You don't go to church. You take church everywhere you go. Why? Because everywhere you go, there you are. Amen? Yeah, you take church. You take the embodiment of who Jesus is into the places that he's called you to serve and you, you illuminate who he is there. Hallelujah. I want you to turn real quick. Let's go, to, um, let's go over to 2 Timothy real quick. Everybody doing okay? 
I hope this makes sense. I want to read several verses to you and we'll see what Holy Spirit says. Look at chapter 2. I'm just going to read I'm just going to read several. It says, "You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." Now, let me just give you a quick definition of grace. I always heard that grace just, you know, it meant unmerited favor. I really didn't know what that meant. That confused me. Unmerited favor. Okay, favor that I didn't merit. All right, okay. But the word grace, it really means to empower. Everybody say empower. The word empower, it's out of Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. It says that those that receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, they will reign, R-E-I-G-N. They will reign in this life. How many of you could stand a little more reigning in this life? Amen? You know what that word reign, it means to be king. So grace empowers you with an authority and an ability to be king. So in this life, we're not supposed to be hiding behind rocks. We're not supposed to be hiding behind political correctness. We're not supposed to be hiding behind uh, things that make us feel safe. Kings don't hide. And ladies, you're not left out. You're kings too. Hallelujah. Whenever a king comes into a room or a king comes into his territory, everything shifts and everything changes. That means when you go into a place and you are, you are cloaked with grace, you are filled with grace, then that kingship that God has placed in you through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of his son Jesus, it makes a demand on the room. And you don't bow to the other things that are claiming to be king in the room. You bring the presence of God in a way that changes the atmosphere. Hallelujah. He said, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, he says, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others to do also. That's what I see coming in this house. Some of you are getting ready to get miracle grow poured on your life. Hallelujah. And you're coming out of the playpen and you're getting into the vineyard. Hallelujah. I heard the Holy Spirit say, I didn't like, you know, sometimes God says something to Steve, we don't like it too much. He said, Greg, get the pacifier out of your mouth and let the two-edged sword begin to come out. I said, okay, Lord, who is that word for? He said, it's for you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we walk around sucking our thumbs, but God's bringing us into a place to where we are in, tr- we, we, you, you'll begin to grow and you'll be considered faithful men, faithful men and women of God. That word faithful literally means those who are mature and have partnered with the Father. Hallelujah. Faithful men, look what it says in verse 3. Y'all might want to underline this. Suffer hardship with me. Selah. (laughs) Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. In today's society, we are not taught to suffer, to endure. We're taught that if things get hard, just move on to something else. 
if things get painful, you know, move away from the pain. You don't have to endure hardness. You don't have to have problems in your life. You don't have to have suffering in your life. Well, I want you to know today that there are times in our life that we suffer. There are times in our life that things are painful. There are times in our life that we go through things that we don't want to go through. I want to encourage you to stand strong in that. Be strong in that as mature sons and daughters of God and endure those times of hardship. As a good soldier, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. We cannot serve God according to our own rules. Well, God, I want to change this little part if that's all right with you. We're going to do it a little bit different. No. This Bible is our standard. Amen? It's the word. of It never changes. It is perfect. It is Holy Spirit inspired. Holy Spirit breathed. This word is not a suggestion to us. It is the map into the supernatural. It is the map into victory. It is the map into being successful and achieving what God has called us to do. We have to do what God has called us to do by His way. He's king, right? You know, in a kingdom, the kingdom's not a democracy. Nobody gets to vote. Yeah. Well, Jesus, you want us to go through this hard time. Can we vote on this? No, we don't get a vote, right? See, in the, in the kingdom, the king's word is the, not just the final word. It's the only word. Hmm. Yeah, he takes counsel with himself. Amen. And if you, you know, in a kingdom, if you say things other than what the king said and you say that he said them, you lose your head. It's called treason, right? So in the kingdom of God, it's the same way. We got to stop playing around. We got to stop wanting to do it our own way. We got to, can, can I use the word slacking? Is that all right? We got to stop slacking when it comes to serving God and doing what God has called us to do. His word says that we're to love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. God does not want to be a part of your life. He wants to be the entirety of your life. He wants everything in your life to flow out of Him. And when it does, purpose and destiny flows out, victory flows out. Amen. Supernatural authority flows out of your life. You're able to conquer and overcome those things that are trying to overcome you. Look at someone this morning and say, endure. Hallelujah. It goes on down in verse 8. He says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a as a criminal but the word of God is not imprisoned for this reason I endure everyone say endure that word endure it means if I have to stay behind I stay behind it means to wait to wait with patience to persevere to remain steadfast to be full of power to abide and to continue 
For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. See, the life that you're living in the gospel is not a life just to get you into heaven. You are a witness of God. And people are watching your life. See, we've missed it in the church. We thought we were perfect, but there's a few areas we missed it in. We thought that this whole thing that we're calling Christianity is about getting people to heaven. It is not about getting people to heaven. It's about getting people in the kingdom. Heaven's just icing on the cake. Hallelujah. When you die, you get to go there. But the Bible says one day he's returning. And he says that an innumerable amount of his saints are coming with him. So if you get to die and go to heaven before some of us do, we will welcome you back when he comes. Amen. You're not going to sit around on a cloud playing a harp just singing praises throughout eternity. That's not in the scripture. What did Jesus tell us about this and about our life being a a witness in our life, being something that God wanted to use us as pioneers to blaze a trail for others? He said when we pray, here's some evidence. When we pray, the heart of God is this, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Pray that thy kingdom would come and thy will would be done where? In earth as it is in heaven. Now, again, another redneck translation for you. Is that all right? He's saying... Pray that what's going on in heaven starts happening in earth. Amen. What's going on in heaven starts taking place in the earth. Jesus would not have taught his disciples to pray prayers that he did not feel God the Father wanted to answer. They were not just praying, practicing prayer. They were bringing the kingdom of God, which is the rule, the reign, the authority, the majesty, the glory of King Jesus into the earth. That's what you do. You are his expression in the earth. Do you believe that today? For this reason I endure, verse 11. It is a trustworthy statement, a right application For if we died with him, we are also alive with him. So I just want to break off of you that identity that's been put on some of you that you're just a dirty, rotten sinner trying to make it to heaven the best way you can. That's not you. You're sons and daughters of the king. You're full with his glory. You're full of his power. You're full of his majesty. You're full of his purpose. Amen. It says, if we endure, we will also, what's that next word? reign with him if we endure we will reign with him if we deny him he also will deny us I don't want to do that if if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself do you see that if we endure with him we will reign with him that's not talking about after he returns that's talking about now That's why Jesus said, great works have I done, but greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. He said that there's one that's coming after him, that when he comes, he's going to convict you of several things. Sin, of righteousness, which means right relationship, and of judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. The devil has no power in the earth unless you give it to him. He has no power in your life or your family or your job unless you surrender it to him. Why? Because we are under kings. In in Hawaii, they're called ali'is. The ali'is, the under kings of the king. The Bible says Jesus is king of kings. He is the king of kings. Wow. 
that, that means that we, as under kings of him, we are in charge of his land and his finances. That's just a good place. I don't know if you need to stomp your foot or what needs to happen right there. But that means we advance. We're in charge. The devil's not in charge of the earth. We're in charge. Amen? So as we're shifting in this, in this new age of the church, this church age, we're shifting from a congregational mindset into a kingdom mindset. The church for many, many years has had a congregational mindset, which means that our focus is on what God's doing in here. Our focus is on just those that are with us. But God is shifting us into a kingdom mindset. He's shifting this house into a greater kingdom mindset. That it's not about what happens in these walls. It's, what, it's about what happens in our streets, in our communities, in our cities, in our state, and in our nation. I really believe that God wants to use this house as a bullet in his gun for the nation. That God wants you to not just affect Bethany or Oklahoma City or Oklahoma. But God wants to use this house to affect the nation. And God's going to begin to raise up intercessors in this house. God's going to begin to raise up people that don't just pray but begin to stand in the gap. Begin to go deep and begin to intercede and begin to lay before the Lord to cause breakthrough to begin to come. And as that breakthrough begins to come, God's going to begin to cause you to be noticed. Not because of the things that you've done, but because of the sound that he's putting in your mouth. Because of the sound that he's going to cause to come forth from this house. So God says to position yourself... And to prepare yourself and to allow him to equip you to lay in the gap in intercession to bring forth his heart for the nation. We're shifting from a congregational mindset to a more kingdom mindset. We're shifting more from a pastoral position to an apostolic position. What does that mean? Doesn't mean we stop caring for people. But it means we start having less casualties. We start seeing people become more whole than they were before. We, become, we begin to see people healed quicker than they were healed before. We begin to see people in their, in, their, in their minds and in their hearts become more aligned with what God is doing in a quicker way. Does this make sense today? We'll spend less of our time caring for the people and more time advancing the purpose and the heart of God in the earth. We'll move from pampering people to empowering people. I know that never happens here, but this is for somebody who watches the video. Pastor Steve never has to pamper any of you, does he? Ooh, it's quiet on the front row. Hallelujah. Huh? You're not good at that. I, I can tell. Amen. Hey, glory to God. We're going to move from maintaining to expanding. So many, what we, what we call churches today or houses of worship today, pastors today, they spend more time maintaining what they've got. They're hoping to maintain. Let me tell you, there is a Holy Ghost boldness that is coming upon those that will allow it to come. That we're not afraid of who walks into our church and we're also not afraid of who walks out of our church. Mm, glory to God. We're not afraid that if the biggest tithers leave, what are we going to do? Glory. Hmm. 
We're not afraid if those who have been in great positions in the church don't like the direction of God. We're going to still follow the direction of God. Amen? Because what we have to understand, church, God is the supplier. God is the one that directs. God is the one that leads. Amen? And if he's chosen you and given you a gift of giving, if he's given you the gift of finances to give, understand that you're a conduit for God's money. It's not your money. You're a conduit for God's money. If God's given you influence in the community and you want to tell Pastor Steve what to preach to make you and others stay in the church, ah, he can pull that favor just as quick as he put it on your life. We've got to be bold. We've got to be strong in what we're called to do. We've got to endure in this walk. Why? Because we're not just doing it for us. We're doing it for those who are coming behind us. We're pioneers. We are way makers. We are those that are willing to sacrifice it all so others can have. We're moving from making treaties to taking over. Pastoral mindset sometimes, nothing against pastors, we need all five of these gifts, but they got to be in their proper place. Sometimes the pastoral mindset, when there's not an apostolic or prophetic voice around, it will try to make treaties. It'll try to make peace. Pastoral gift is a peacemaking gift, and that's part of the heart and the character of God. But with what God's called you to do, He's not called you to make treaties. He has called you to take over. How many know Jesus didn't make a treaty with the devil? He had opportunity to. Remember in the book of Luke, chapter 4, when the enemy took him up to the pinnacle of the temple and showed him all the kingdoms of the world? He told him, he said, if you'll bow down and you'll worship me, I'll give you all of these things. He said, let's come to a truce here. Let's come. Let's make a treaty between us, Jesus. Let's, if you, you, you're wanting the kingdoms of the world anyway, and I have them anyway, but I tell you what, if you'll just bow down and worship me, you, I'll get what I want, and then you can have what you want. But we're not into treaties here. Amen. We're not into tree. We're not into making deals with the devil. We're not in here to compromise with the world because this church and what God is raising up cannot be a people that makes treaties with the government, makes treaties with, 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 with culture, or makes treaties with those who want to be politically correct. We've got to stay true to what God has called us to do. You know why we read the book of Acts as a book of history? instead of a map and a pattern for a present-day move of God is because we have made treaties with the spirit of religion. We've made treaties with political spirits. We've made treaties with things that have weakened us and watered us down and moved us into a place to where we feel like we have to coexist. The kingdom of God, kings don't coexist. Kings conquer. And the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Amen? And God wants us to rise up and move into a different mindset, move into a different place to where we begin to take over for Him. Wouldn't it be awesome if your schools had prayer in it again? Amen. Instead of recess, they had Holy Ghost breaks. Where they praying for one another, prophesying over one another, speaking the life of God over one another. And the hospitals closed down because healing was so rampant in the city that there was no need for hospitals any longer. You may say, well, that just sounds like heaven. Yes, it does. Amen. We've got to move ourselves in 
to these thought patterns. How do we do it? Here's the word. We have to endure. We have to endure. We're going to get tired, but we have to endure. We're going to get weary at times, but we have to endure. We're going to have some blood come out of us sometimes, but we got to endure. We may, we, we, you know, we may have scars on us when we come out the other end, but we have to endure. Why? Because if we endure with Him, we will reign with Him. We don't want to make converts. Because converts just make heaven. We want to make disciples. Because disciples make history. I really believe with all of my heart there is a history-making anointing on this house. There is a history-making anointing on this house that is going to reach its limbs far and wide into this nation and into the world. Some of you in here, you'll be sent to, the, to this nation, to other states. Some of you, you'll be sent to the nations of the world from this place. And God wants to use you to bring His influence, His government, and His glory into the earth. Endure. I want to read you just three more verses. I'm going to pray over some of you. 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4. Therefore we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all persecution and affliction which you endure. That's a word for this house today. Let me read it to you again. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all persecutions and afflictions which you endure. Look real quick at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Verses 12 and verse 14. Now that I have all, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which, or of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. Look at someone today and say, forgetting what lies behind. Some of you need to let go of the past. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One last scripture, James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says this. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. You want blessing? Persevere. Endure. We don't apply present-day parenting application to present-day church. Come on now. Our kids throw a fit, we give them what they want. God doesn't do that. Back in the day when I grew up, my mama would have lived out her life in prison. Yeah, my lips stayed swole more than they did down. I remember, y'all never had no A&Ps out here, did you? Grocery stores. We was in the A&P one time, and, and I back-talked my mama. I don't remember anything for about two days after that. She hit me and slid me right down aisle three. I mean... Lips swolled up right in front of everybody. And I think she might have even got a hand clap out of it. 
Many times, many times, she said, if you mess up in public, you're going to get a whipping in public. Yeah, so when we throw fits, God doesn't just give us what, he, what we want. We have to endure. We have to endure. We need to get the spirit of spoil off of us. Hallelujah. Verse 12 again, blesses a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, there is an approval process. Once you have been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Hallelujah. God is bringing you into a new place. Don't look at it and see it as normal. Let him shift you. Let him mold you. Let him put you back on the wheel, the potter's wheel, if you need to be. Let him break you. Breaking is a beautiful thing when it's done in the hands of the Father. Come on, I just want you to begin to pray. Just begin to pray right now. We got Yes, thank you, sis. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Father, give this house a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we worship you this morning. We give you praise this morning. If you're ready for that shift today, there's two things I want to I want to ask today. Two parts of this ministry time. If you're ready to make that shift today and you're ready to jump into something you've never seen before and you're ready to link arm in arm and shoulder to shoulder with your pastor and say let's do this, let's make ways let's, let, let, let's, let's go where no one's gone, let's make a map so others behind us can follow us, then I want you to stand to your feet this morning you're ready see some of you got dreams that you think God will not fulfill because you've lived long enough that you think you can't see it. There's still more in you and God is faithful to perform that work in you. Father, this morning, everyone that is standing in this room today, Father, I just pray today that you would fill them afresh and you will fill them anew with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you're unlocking dreams again. You're uncovering dreams again that have been buried. Father, you're giving hope where hope has been lost, God. You're causing vision to begin to come out again. Father, I thank you for dreams right now. In the name of Jesus, dreams begin to come forth again. 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 Father, we give you praise. Come on, just begin to pray in the Spirit. That's all right. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify you. We magnify you. Here's another call I want to do right now while these others are praying. If you're here this morning and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues and you want that in your life this morning, I want you to come and stand here with me in the front. We're going to begin to pray over you. And you're going to receive a fresh empowering, a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit. Anyone here today that has never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just step out of your seat and come. Do something bold. Do something bold. Hallelujah. Can I get a couple of brothers to help me move this 
pulpit right quick. Come, come, come. Hallelujah. Stand right here, sis. Anyone else in here, you say, Greg, I want to receive today a fresh infilling of Holy Spirit. Come on up. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Julie, would you come and pray over her? Lay your hands on her, sis. Anyone else in here today? I know there are more. I know in my spirit there are more. God wants to give you an empowerment this morning. Amen. God wants to give you an empowerment this morning that you've never had before. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a witness for Him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You want that empowerment this morning? Come. Come this morning. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. My brother here, would you come? And would you just help Steve pray over this young man? Receive the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, God. It's a fresh and filling of Holy Spirit. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.